Welcome to A Spin on Offshore Wind, the podcast brought to you by Energy Coast, North East England's offshore wind cluster. This is the first in a new series of podcasts with me, Caroline Lofthouse, where I'll bring you industry insights, project updates, news from the UK's leading region for offshore wind, and of course, further afield. Don't forget to subscribe so each episode drops into your chosen podcast app or find it on energycoast.co.uk. To kick things off, I thought it would be great to chat with one of the leading figures in offshore wind, who is also the chair of Energy Coast. It's Tony Quinn. With more than 40 years of experience in the power generation industry, Tony is Test and Validation Director at the ORE Catapult, which has its National Renewable Energy Centre in Blythe in Northumberland. Hello, Tony. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Caroline. Delighted to be with you today. Excellent. Thanks, Tony. So what I thought I would do is to set the scene. I thought we'd have a bit of a conversation about why you think North East England has become so integral to the offshore wind industry. Well, that's a great question to start with, uh, Caroline. I, I think what sets us apart uh, in, initially as market leaders is the fact that we've got so many wind farms pretty much on our notional doorstep, um, and particularly with having the world's largest offshore wind farm in, in Dogger Bank currently under development and soon to be moving into deployment. And I, and I think having that market pull for uh, our engineering services in the northeast is absolutely fundamental to our development. And kind of thinking about our sort of history, um, oil and gas, you know, shipbuilding, um, what do you, what's your kind of thoughts in terms of sort of those areas for offshore wind and how have they helped us to build um, such a great supply chain? Yeah, I think, what, I think what you're driving out there, Caroline, is our industrial heritage and you can trace it back even before oil and gas, I would say, into, into the days of coal when we were really heavily fossil fuel dependent uh, for for all of our energy needs. And, and I think that's where the industrial heritage of the Northeast was truly established. And we never really lost that. You, you, you know, we transferred that knowledge, into, as you've mentioned, into oil and gas. Um, and I think that's given us world-leading expertise, particularly in subsea engineering, uh, which is really important to this now energy transition. And now what we're seeing is uh, those companies use their skills that they've developed over many years uh, into the renewables industry. And I I think it's really, really fantastic to observe. Um, And it's that that gives us the building blocks for the supply chain to become even bigger and better. And I know um, in terms of sort of the geography, um, could you give us a kind of an overview of where, you know, the region is located and and why that is so important for, you know, not just the UK offshore wind sector, but the global offshore wind sector? Yeah, well, 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 absolutely. I'm I'm really passionate about the the fact that we derive USPs that are really... uh, important on a global stage not just on a on a local stage and 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 this is the challenge that i think the capacity uh both in the uk the the uh in europe and and indeed globally this drive towards net zero is creating a, a phenomenal opportunity for the northeast but and like i say i think we've got this first mover advantage uh because we're we're we're, move, we're 
that we're experiencing all of the challenges of deploying at scale, probably before anybody else in the world. And then how do you use that knowledge to create export capability? Um, and I certainly think we're, we're 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 starting to see that. You know, I think one of one of our leading companies uh, in in the northeast, SMD, who've made this transition from oil and gas and and into renewables, have been involved with something like seventy percent of Europe's offshore wind farms. And it's that type of capability that I'd like to see more and more of from our supply chain in the northeast. Um, creating long-term and sustainable value. I mean, the region has formed quite a strong cluster of companies that are active in offshore wind. You've just mentioned SMD there. Could you tell us a little bit about the supply chain strengths in the region, you know, sort of the links to academia um, and how um, Energy Coast as a cluster support those supply chain companies? Uh, yeah, well, well, I think I think one of, the, one of the real strengths of our cluster is that we've got a a real strong cross-section right across the value chain from owner-operators, uh, you know, who are participating in, in energy course. It's really, really fantastic to have Equinor, SSE, RWE, all, I guess, operating at the top of the pyramid as, as owner-operators of these large, large wind farms. And then Tier 1 supplies locating in our region too, with uh, GE uh, and, and Equinor setting up their own m base on the Tyne, Van Oort base at Stokesley. Um, and then further down the, the chain, we've got some really, really well-established Tier 2 suppliers and JDR and cable manufacture. Subsea engineering expertise, I've already mentioned, SMD, but Modus. Uh, and, and that engineering capability from companies like Wilson Engineering, Smulders, Osbit, IHC, right down to really agile SMEs. Um, and it's great to have uh, those agile SMEs part of our cluster too, like MJR Control or uh, Unisys, who are branching out into data. Uh, right through, as you mentioned, to academia. I think we've got some of the strongest uh, universities in the UK, right in our region, all participating, actively participating in our cluster. Durham University, Teesside University, Newcastle and Northumbria, having this academic strength behind us is really, really valuable because, if you know, many people have heard me speak before and talk about the importance of innovation and having that intellectual power in our in our region gives real strength and depth to our to our cluster. And, and the role that Energy Coast plays is bringing all of those parties together so that we can share and share information, share intelligence uh, and collaborate to the to the benefit of individual companies, but more importantly, to the benefit of the region. And how does all of that link to what the URE Catapult do um, as an organisation, Tony? Well, that, that, that's a, that, that pops up. Pops up. It was a little remiss of me to, to forget to mention my own organisation there, uh, Caroline. So I'm really, really passionate about the importance of research and innovation in this landscape because Innovation is what gives any uh, cluster competitive advantage in a, in a global marketplace. You need to continue to innovate in both product and process. Uh, and that, con- that continuously drive for, for improvement is what will ultimately give us a competitive advantage, as I mentioned, in this, uh, this global marketplace. So the catapult really has been established to help organizations bring their products to market in a shorter period of time. 
to accelerate that product development to make sure the 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 time from an idea to commercialization is as short as possible. Uh, and in that way, I, I, I like to think that we work not only with uh, uh, existing companies in the region uh, through supply chain support programs or, or, or initiatives run by the combined authorities, and it's great to have the combined authorities as part of our cluster two, Tees Valley Combined Authority in the Northeast LEP, who are keen to see uh, business support programs through uh, innovation. But also, we, we, we're keen to work with DIT and try and bring inward investors into our region and, and help them with their product development too. And, and in that way, we, we anchor long-term value uh, for, for the region uh, because we've got this, ex, we've got this deep-rooted expertise. And you mentioned Dogabank um, previously. Could you give us um, a bit of an overview of the, the fantastic projects, the offshore wind projects that we have got in the region? Yeah, well, Dogger Bank is, is probably one of the, uh, I guess, one of the, the main pulls. And, but, but of course, we've got uh, RWE's Sophia project too. And, 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 and I guess there are, you know, got pretty good proximity to both the Humber region and Scotland too. And, you know, one of my... I guess you know my office overlooks the North Sea, and one of my proudest sort of moments is seeing smolders shipping jackets up to the Beatrice and uh, and Scottish projects. You know, so this proximity to the North Sea is is really really important to our development because that that provides the demand for our services and the pull. And I I, I guess. You know, what we're seeing, particularly through the government's uh, energy security strategy, which was recently published, is a drive towards 50 gigawatts by 2030, which is a, 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 an enormous target. Uh, but it will, you know, through these increased uh, projects, will provide even greater demand for the services that we provide. You mentioned sort of export markets um, a little bit earlier as well. You know, where has Northeast England's capabilities? Um, where are we, where have we been actually deploying our products and services in the global industry? What kind of markets? So I, th- I, I think the the sort of buoyant markets at, at the moment are both the US and and the Far East. And I think I, I think some of our organisations have been really successful in in uh, getting their services anchored in in both and and indeed from our perspective we've had r- real uh, strong engagement with both the US and and countries like Taiwan who are making this uh, initial steps into offshore into offshore wind seeking advice from both a regulatory regime and and uh, you, you know the, the the sort of government support that may be needed to kick something off and um, i'm saying you know i know energy coast has been Present a lot of, at a lot of the, these international trade fairs, and it's and it's great to see, and that encouraging that degree of uh, of trade uh, internationally. Um, and what are you sort of um, you know you touched on the UK sector deal there, and you know you've talked a little bit about Scotland. Um, what are your sort of thoughts for the future of offshore wind in the short term, long term, and what that means for British industry and the UK supply chain? I think the energy security strategy, which was recently 
published and you, you mentioned the outcome of Scotwind, which was far bigger and far more ambitious than I think anybody had initially envisaged. It, it, it's probably placing quite a, a, a lot of challenges to the existing regime. So I think there are constraints in consenting these, these sites. I think there are constraints around grid connection, but most importantly to this conversation are the constraints around the supply chain and can we mobilize quickly enough to take advantage of the, the scale of ambition? You know, the recently published energy security strategy, there was a lot of publicity around, I guess, the drive towards more nuclear power stations, but we shouldn't forget that they added 10 gigawatts under the 2030 target for offshore wind, and offshore wind remains the real backbone of our drive to decarbonize the electricity system. And that, uh, that, that I think, will put stresses and strains into the supply chain, and I think what we need to see is greater collaboration or alliancing between projects so that we can work out the cumulative impact uh, from a consenting perspective more effectively. I think that will require better use of data, better use of uh, subsea uh, surveying vessels, which again, we're well placed in the in, in the Northeast to take advantage of. I think we need uh, a better grid connect connection probably some form of offshore grid before bringing this power ashore and hopefully you know our indigenous cable manufacturers will be able to take advantage of that i think we'll see a greater drive towards hvdc and in the supply chain i i think we probably need to see greater either vertical or horizontal integration of the supply chain and, and uh, as i mentioned either collaborate or or, or alliancing to combine the, the collective strength in order to meet this demand because I think there is a risk that it just simply places too much stress and strain on single organizations uh, and I think we've got to come together collectively to, to meet that challenge and and I think that's what the, the, you know one of the great strengths of energy cost is that it provides that forum for us to get together exchange information exchange intelligence, and decide how we're going to meet that challenge. And in terms of the areas that you've just mentioned there, how do you feel that Northeast England's offshore wind supply chain is placed um, to play a part in, um, you know, really activating all those areas that you've just talked about, Tony? I think that I think that brings us full back, full circle to where we started from, Caroline. I think we're probably more advanced than any other. Uh, region in the UK, and, and 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 therefore, how do you how do you build upon that success? I, I think the capacity that is being uh, uh, mooted in, in 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 terms of offshore wind deployment, there's enough capacity there to for for everyone to benefit. So I, I, I'm not saying that it should be the northeast to the exclusion of everyone else but i do think we've got a head start because of that industrial heritage because of our um, expertise in subsea engineering and uh, i i i think when i look at other areas not only within the uk within europe they're they're starting from a much more of a standing start than we are and i think our, our 
our, our challenge is to make sure that we don't let this opportunity pass us by. Definitely. Um, totally with you there, Tony. Could you um, give us a, a very quick overview of what Energy Coast is? So I guess, um, you know, Energy Coast is a coming together of all of the uh, companies and organizations involved in offshore wind in some shape or form. Um, and it includes uh, the tier, tier one companies. Uh, the, the top of the pyramid, the, the owner operators like Equinor, SSE, uh, RWE. Uh, it includes the tier one suppliers. It includes uh, SMEs. Um, it, it includes academia and, and university. It includes the LEPs and combined authorities. It includes all of the ports in the region. So a real cross-section of the value chain required to deliver offshore wind. It's not a membership organization per se. It represents all of those organizations involved in offshore wind in some shape or form, but we do have a steering group of a, of core membership. And we've got three pillars of in, in terms of our uh, industrial strategy, I, I would say, based around innovation. I've mentioned the importance of innovation. The skills, because of course, making sure that we've got a workforce of sufficient competency and capacity to meet the needs of uh, the, the, the companies that we're, that we're talking about is really, really important. So I'm delighted to have that led by combination of Northeast LEP and Newcastle College. Um, innovation, by the way, led by Durham University and Simon Hogg. Uh, and, and also uh, um, making sure that we've got a sustainable supply chain. And, and, and I'm really delighted to have some real titans of, uh, uh, of, of offshore wind based in our region to bring their knowledge and uh, capability to, to bear in energy cost. I like that phrase, titans of offshore wind. I'm going to steal that one from you, Tony. Um, so <laughs> it's mine now. Well, you know, I think that's absolutely fantastic, the insights that you've given us. And I'd like to thank you for your time today, Tony. It's certainly an exciting time for offshore wind and northeast England. And we'll be delving deeper into different areas of industry in this series of podcasts. Don't forget, you can subscribe to A Spin on Offshore Wind on all good pod podcast platforms. Or you can find it on energycoast.co.uk. That's E N E R G I coast all one word dot co dot uk join us next time for a spin on offshore wind <laughs>